Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Since we have learned the things we need to be adding to our faith, we did the smiley face thing where we added goodness, and to the goodness we added knowledge, and then the control knob, the self-control, and then hanging from that was the perseverance, then godliness, brotherly kindness, and then the last one, love. And then when we add all those qualities and they're ours, that's when we, when, when, it's not we possess all of them at once or, or that we're all complete in them, but he says that we're increasing in them. We're growing. We're, Peter knew you have to be adding. You got to keep growing in your walk. If you don't, you, you grow stagnant. And not only do you grow stagnant, but we, we're going to pick up with the worst part of this not growing. If you just say, well, it's good, I'm good enough, I've arrived, then in verse 8, Peter would tell you, the one who has these qualities and they are increasing, they are neither rendered useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he who lacks these qualities, verse 9 says, is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. This is one of the worst things to see happen. Many Christian brethren, sisters that have said, oh, I'm good enough. They don't realize it, but they become blind. They become blind and short-sighted. And that's not what we're designed to be in the Lord. It says right in the verse before, we're, we want to be useful, fruitful in the Lord, in the true knowledge of the Lord. We want to be really fruitful in those things of the Lord. But the flip side of being blind and short-sighted, well, if I just look at the, what's the negative or the opposite of, we're neither useless nor unfruitful, so what happens to the person who's not growing? They become useless. They become unfruitful. And there's a sadness to that, because the Lord desires to come to his people and find us full of food. Just like when he spoke to, through Hosea the prophet and said, of Israel. I looked to you, my fig tree, to gather ripe figs from you, and I came and you weren't bearing any figs. He desires to get see us be fruitful. And if we're just stagnant and we're not growing, I mean, what, what's a tree when it's not growing? Dormant or dead? And so Jesus used the example. He said, the tree what is dead is only good to gather up the sticks and tie them in the bundles and chuck them into the furnace. That's not what I want to hear about my life. Now, we went on to study that when we are fruitful and we are growing, we get to verse 10. Therefore, he says, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain his calling and choosings for you. For as long as you practice these things, whatever you're called to do from the Lord, as long as you practice what his calling is for you, his choosing, or the old King James is his election, if he elected you to be a missionary, or he elected you to be an evangelist, he elected you to be a pastor teacher, what does Peter say will happen? Is there a safeguard to this? He said, as long as you practice these things, he didn't say as long as you do perfect, just practice. You know, you, I practice the best I can, pastoring and teaching. And he says, as long as I do, I will never stumble. The see, if I could say to people, so you want to know how to never stumble? in your Christian walk, how to really do well and excel and not stumble, you know what you do? You get busy doing what God 
called you to do. Now, if you don't know what his calling is, then we want to help you come to understand and seek to know from him. What did he call you to do? So you can get busy doing it. And the same thing happens in every Christian's life. If they are busy doing what God called them to do, it's a safeguard for them because they don't have time to get into trouble. They don't wind up going in the wrong direction. And we really need to encourage this next generation to find out what's your calling from God. What did he call you to do? And, it, and get them busy practicing that calling. We can't just say, well, I did it once, you know. It was kind of exhausting, you know. I went and shared with some people. I went on a missionary trip, and it was, you know, it was a lot of travel, and it was, and I got sick from some of the food, and, you know, there was a little bit of hardship, and I, I don't know if I'm really cut out. I, I think I'll just quit. If your calling is to be a missionary, guess what? You got to go back to practice. You got you to keep doing what your calling is. And it's actually for your protection, Peter says. So you won't stumble. It's to protect you. When you're busy doing the things God called you to do, it keeps you out of trouble. Keeps you out of, out of the wrong places. Keeps you from doing the things you ought not do. Now Peter says, for in this way. In what way? In that you practice your calling. While you're busy practicing, and you don't have time to get caught up with the snares of this world because you're too busy doing what God called you to do. In this way, verse 11 says, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is it will be abundantly supplied to you. God's, God's going, I'm just making the pass move for you straight into heaven. But for us to feel that, we, we really do feel that much. I, I notice Christians that are busy practicing their calling. When I talk to them about how do you feel about if you should die today? You know, if, if your number got called today, your ticket was up, and the Lord called you home, how would you feel about that? They're like, great, no problem. They, there's an assurance. There's a, there's a great comfort when you're doing the calling what God called you to do. But what if you're not doing what God called you to do? What if you're busy fooling around in sin, and you've got a little bit of backsliding going on, and, and you hear one of those sermons about, um, the Lord could be calling your number today. In half an hour, you could be called home. How do you feel about that? I've seen people go, oh, no, don't, not, not yet. No, 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 I'm not ready. That, that would be a little too soon. Could we like push it out a little bit? You know, the persons whose heart is busy doing what God wants them to do, they don't ever seem to be bummed out about the idea of the Lord. If the Lord came now, they just go, all right, we're done. Ready to go. But the ones who are not, this is, by the way, a good self-acid test of where you're at spiritually. How do you feel about the Lord coming to get you? If he used to come right now, it, 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 it really cuts through all the smoke and mirrors and baloney. You know, some people give me all these things like, I don't know, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Well, what if Jesus was to come take you right now? Would you be ready to go stand before your maker? Are you ready to face him? Because if you are, if you're doing what he called you to do, you don't go, oh, I'm so worried. You just go, all right, let's go. But if inside you, you know there's some things you wouldn't want him to call you on or call out of your life right now. You just found the areas you need to work on. You found areas you need to let go of. There's sin. And sin can easily beset us from that way. Peter wanted us to have an abundant supplied way 
into the eternal kingdom. He wanted it to be like abundantly supplied to us. We would know we're going on the right trip because we're just busy doing what God called us to do. Now he goes on and he says, therefore I shall always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them. You've been established in the truth, which is present with you. And I consider it right that as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. Now, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also the Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will also, he says, be diligent that after at any time, after my departure, you may be able to call these things to mind. Peter knew this is the last letter Peter would write. He's going to wind up being crucified. But right before his crucifixion, he wrote this letter. And the Lord had already told him, your number's up. Now, if you knew your number was up, and you could write one letter to someone you cared about, who would you write to? And what would you write them? If you, I mean, is there anybody that comes to mind you would want to pass some pearl on to them or something to let them know? I mean, Peter is not wasting words here. When you talk to, especially to older saints, when their time is coming to a close, they have some of the most beautiful pearls of wisdom they pass on. In those last moments before they leave, they, they talk about stuff that's like really matters of the heart important life lessons. It's like, you know, grandma is telling her granddaughter, honey, listen to me. You've got to learn to forgive. I held on to too many things, you know, through my life. You got, it, it just weighed me down. Don't be like me in that way. And, and these things that are, those are beautiful things. I mean, to pass on. What a wonderful word that was to get to hear. Don't waste time with unforgiveness. It's a waste of time and energy. Now, that word wasn't handed to me directly, but I was in the room when I watched one of the older saints tell her granddaughter that. And I thought, that's a good one. Really, don't we waste a lot of energy holding unforgiveness and, and holding back on things. And another one I heard is I would have told people I loved them more. I, would, I mean, I would have not just, well, thought that they knew. I would have just told them flat out. Why was I so stingy? Yeah, that's a good word. So stingy on just saying, I love you. And, and for the person to have to come all the way to their deathbed to have these, what I call real eye opening, like the veil is lifted, the blinders come off, and they're about to go stand before the Lord. It's funny how sometimes we need a little jolt to make us wake up spiritually to think in the right way, in the more eternal perspective. If we're going to stand before the Lord right now, are we ready? Peter, he knows he's going to die. He's leaving this earth. And one thing I realized, he's not going to waste any time on small talk here. He's trying to tell them the really important, important things. Like the things that he says, even after I'm gone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you one more time. He says, to stir you up by way of remembrance. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you may be able to call these things to mind. I'll do this again and again. So even after I'm gone, you guys will hear that the Lord is good. He said to remember that Jesus will never leave me. 
He will never forsake. I, I laugh because it, it's funny how the things what the Lord really plants in us, those words, those precious words, those things that, what in Proverbs says, like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. You know, that right word at the right, when someone says the right thing to you at the right time, that thing is more precious than any physical material possession. And they give you that precious thing and say, you can do it, hang in there. And you feel like winning. And that word just keeps coming back. Every time you feel like quitting, you can hear him saying, you can do it. You can even hear it in their voice sometimes. I mean, I'm not saying just the words. I mean, literally, that person. Anyone here can attest to this, that some, some words that have been spoken to you by maybe your grandparents, your parents, even if they're gone from this earth, you can eat when, when that phrase comes up or someone says it, you can, you can actually, oh, my Nona used to say that. But when you think about her saying it, how, how do you hear it? In her voice. Peter was this determined to make sure that even after he died, they would be able to call this to mind. That they wouldn't be going, they'd be like, man, I can hear Peter saying it right now. We got to keep adding to our faith. Goodness. We got to keep adding to our goodness knowledge. We got to keep adding to our knowledge, self-control. We got to, because, Why? Because even after we're gone, we want you to keep adding, keep growing, not being blind, not being useless, not being unfruitful. Because Peter knew he was leaving and he didn't want them to suffer that fate. Now, in the next verse, verse 16, Peter says, we did not follow clever, cleverly devised tales. This thing about Jesus is not a made up, contrived fairy tale. It's not, a, it's not Jack and the Beanstalk. He really came to this earth and he says, we didn't follow these cleverly devised fables or tales, but we make known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. By, he says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. What was the words that came over the loudspeaker? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now that's found, if you just want to jot yourself some notes, Matthew 3.17 and, and Luke 3.22. And Peter says, I was there. I was there. I, I, this, was a, this was, and we ourselves, he said, heard this utterance, what was made from heaven. We were with him. Now listen to this, on the holy mountain. Wait a minute. That wasn't at the baptism. On the holy mountains, a different time. That's in Luke's gospel. In chapter chapter nine, there at verse uh, like twenty eight down to verse thirty six. At verse thirty six, he says, "This is my beloved son, my chosen one." And then it says, "Listen or hear him." And that one translation, mine says, "Listen to him." Now Peter says, "I was." I was there. Now, he was also there. That was the time when Jesus met with Moses and Elijah before he would go to the cross. And it said, Moses and Elijah appeared in their full glory, radiant white garments and shining. And what happened to Jesus' earthly body while he was talking with Moses and Elijah? It changed into that same radiant glory. They call that the transfiguration. You know, he was transfigured. 
transfigured right in front of them from the earthly mortal body to that heavenly body. And they were watching. Can you imagine? I mean, Peter, well, you know, wet socks, Peter. He doesn't know what to say. He falls down. He, he says, Lord, it's a good thing we were here. Uh, we better build a tabernacle, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Jesus says, shh, don't mention this right now. Just, you can tell him later. Like Peter, he's so excited. He wants to build a build. I'm like, what are you building? Isn't that a weird thing? He sees a heavenly vision and he wants to build a building. This is the way men think sometimes. Big move of God's spirit and we need to build a building to capture it. Jacob, he saw a ladder going from heaven down to earth with angels of God ascending and descending upon the ladder. He got so excited, he took the rock that he had for his pillow. He set it up and he said, we're going to make an altar here. This is going to call this rock, this rock. He makes a little stacker. You know how mountain climbers, they conquer a little area and they make a little stack of rocks like, you know, Johnny was here kind of thing. It's their little, their little pyramid of rocks. And Jake, that's not new. Jacob did that in the Old Testament. The guy whose name gets changed to Israel, he takes a rock and he calls the place Bethel. Beth in Hebrew, Beth is house, and El is the abbreviation for Elohim, for God. House of God. He said, literally, I, I passed out, I woke up, and I saw the angels of God ascending and descending upon this ladder. Now, in the New Testament, we're told, who's the ladder? This one that Jacob saw that the angel, it's Jesus. This is so exciting because this is just a, like, you know, a little... Things that when, when men see something spiritual, all of a sudden they want to put a building or a marker or a, something to remind them. Peter's like, we need to build some tabernacles. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And we'll just, I'm like, what are you in charge? Admission, Peter? What are you thinking? You know what? He didn't tell you to build any buildings. He just, he told you three simple words. Or if you got Corey's translation, two. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Hear him. That's it. He didn't say build a building. He said, open up your ear. Listen to him. I can't think of one thing greater than what right here, that you listen to Jesus. What does Jesus want you to do? Are you listening to him? I mean, if God's voice came from heaven, which it did, and it, over the loudspeaker said, this is my beloved son, my chosen one, more than once. And it says, listen to him or hear him. What would you do? I, I mean, I know that seems like a no brainer, right? Wouldn't you be busy going, I need to listen to him. I mean, there was a voice from heaven and Jesus was standing right in front of me, but he was all glowy and white. And Moses and Elijah were there. And that voice said, hear him. And when that voice said, hear him, Moses and Elijah were gone, but he was left there. Now, what would you do? If you were Peter or James or John, one of those three that were there on that mountain, I think I've been going, what do you got to say, Jesus? Let me listen to you. I mean, why would that voice from heaven cry? God's voice. This is my beloved son. My chosen one, the one I am well pleased with. Listen to him.
Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. i